0: Hey guys, this is David. Welcome back, Behind the Velvet Rope. How is everybody doing today? We are joined in quarantine today. Um, in, speaking to someone in Greenwich, Connecticut, the one and only Anna Rothschild. How are you?
1: I am actually quite good today, David. How are you?
0: Do you love my introduction of you?
1: I do, and I love you. You're awesome. Very excited to be here today. To be um, in my room.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say, where is this that you're calling from? And you're you're like I can't really see the background.
1: Uh, let me see. I'm it not, looks nice. Can you see the pond behind um,
0: me? Uh yes.
1: And, and oh so my god. Yeah. So we have deer and geese and turtles, frogs. We got all the animals going on here. In Greenwich.
0: Greenwich, Greenwich, Connecticut, so close to New York, but yet, oh, so far away.
1: Oh, It's the best thing ever. I mean, I'm, I really have the best of both worlds, even in normal times where it's only 45 minutes to Greenwich, 30 minutes at night if there's no traffic, and I can get in and out of the city quickly, and I still have a huge house in the country, which is lovely, so, and especially during this very difficult time, I have to say I'm quite happy to be here.
0: Maybe when I'm an older woman, I will, I mean, I'm old, but maybe when I'm <laughs> older, woman, it's not like I'm saying I'm young And any, maybe I'll, maybe I'll retire in Greenwich. I could see that.
1: It's beautiful here.
0: It's not bad. Um, now, how has your quarantine been going?
1: Well, it's been challenging at times. I mean, we've all been locked here, locked in about six weeks now, 24 seven. So it's challenging. I mean, even though it's a big house, it's still, you know, people being together 24-7 in different uh, personalities, so.
0: <laughs> it's a lot. I mean, listen, everyone, a lot of people tell me that I'm lucky to be all by myself. I don't necessarily feel that way at all times, but I feel that way a lot. I have to be honest.
1: I mean, I think, you know, and the grass always looks greener on the other side if you're with a bunch of people and people. Along great, of course, being alone looks awesome. And then, if you're alone and you're lonely, you're like, Oh my god, I, was, I wish I was in a house with a lot of people. So, you know, either one has its challenges, right?
0: I think so. Now, should we talk about what you do for a living? I like always someone to tell a little bit about what they do.
1: Sure. Well, I'm a publicist, I specialize in restaurants and celebrities. I've done a lot of PR for nightclubs, for apps, and Number of other things, but I, I specifically concentrate on nightlife for celebrities.
0: And how are the restaurants going to be after all of this?
1: Well, I can tell you right now, I have frozen all accounts for restaurants right now, clearly because they can't afford to pay a publicist right now. I think it's going to be a very, very challenging situation when they reopen. Number one, I feel that, I mean, I've been doing restaurants for about 17 years now. And I know that even meeting their payroll from month to month is often challenging for them. Um, and sometimes vendors get paid late and, you know, and that sort of, sort of things. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, but I think that if their stipulations of opening are going to be 30 to 50 percent capacity, I personally can't understand how restaurants are going to stay afloat. I mean, they still have the same rent to pay, and maybe slightly less staff if they're going to have less people. But I mean, the, the overhead is massive in restaurants. I mean, I have restaurants that are paying $120,000 a month for rent. Not to mention all the you know all the other uh, expenses that go along with it. Especially me. You now I'm just <laughs> so, obviously
0: you don't come free.
1: Yeah, I did hear that. Tao Group is now not going to reopen until next year. Because obviously they have figured out that it's futile to try to open it you know, 30 to 50 percent capacity. They, they won't be able to cover their expenses. So I don't know how that works out with their landlord. But So what is yeah, that? Think, like the I restaurant,
0: think, Tao, and like the Dream Hotel, all that? Anything with Tao is not going to be open.
1: Not open until next year. I just know the restaurants. I don't know. I mean, the Dream Hotel is in by Vikram Chatwall, and they have a partnership with him in the Dream Hotel. So I, I don't know anything about the, the hotel opening or not opening, but um, yeah, I mean, the whole thing is going to be you know quite interesting to see how the landscape is going to land, and also I think a lot of restaurants that were hanging on by a thread to begin with obviously are not going to be reopening. I think it's going to be really, really difficult for them to find new investors to stay open. I think the great majority of restaurants are probably not going to reopen. That That's my guess, but I mean, this is a, an unprecedented time, so it's hard to say, you know, exactly what is going to happen. That's just an educated guess.
0: Wow. Well, let me tell you what needs to reopen in no particular order. A, the Regency. Let's just start <laughs> with the Regency. It <laughs> oh needs to God, reopen.
1: Harry, We need to hang out with Harry and Tom, obviously. So.
0: I'm like having my withdrawal, sweetie.
1: You? I mean, Tom has been my best friend for almost 20 years, and... Harry's been one of my dear friends now for about 30 years, so I miss them desperately.
0: Oh, We're going to talk about Tom and Harry. Guys, Anna isn't here just, I mean, she's the best PR that there is, but she's not just here because she's a PR maven. She's here. She (laughs) has deep ties to Harry and Tom and lots of others, so we're going to get into all of that. And Omar's Downtown needs to reopen.
1: God, I mean, if it doesn't reopen, I'll be devastated. It's like, it's my new favorite place, and as you know, you and I were there on uh, on Valentine's Day, and that was just amazing. I mean, Omar, the god of nightlife.
0: Uh, unbelievable. So Sutton Strack, one of the new Beverly Hills housewives, one of my new BFFs, she, she just came on our show. She posted a picture with Omar today, just like a throwback. And I was like, wow. I, I commented, and I was like, best Valentine's ever. We had so much fun. Oh my, oh
1: my god, it was so fun. I mean, the, all the the burlesque dancers and singers and band, and th- I mean, he he really knows his stuff for sure. Honey,
0: we were dancing on the bar like it was
1: 1980. <laughs> on Wait. the bar, on the table, on the big on I mean, what were we not dancing on I'm like,
0: every place in New York should allow you to dance on the fucking bar. Like, come on now.
1: Well, I can tell you, I've danced on bars in New York. <laughs>
0: Obviously whether, whether they
1: like it or not. No, I'm just joking.
0: Obviously. Yeah. But oh, and bib needs to open in Cafe Carlo. Those are the four. I that's all I need.
1: I know we need Bill Bouquet for sure. I mean, that's my favorite place. I love Bill Bouquet, I love Omar's, and I can't even imagine sitting. I mean, let's think about this scenario. Can we imagine sitting in Bill Bouquet? everybody's six feet apart social distancing and the restaurant is at 30 to 50 percent capacity and everybody's wearing masks and, and rubber gloves i mean no. how is that gonna work we're gonna no. put on makeup and our mask and then how are you gonna eat food if you need to ask on so- honey
0: i'm not eating after this i need to sit my fucking martini like <laughs> how am i gonna sit my martini with my mask really this is an honest to god true question what am i supposed to do
1: About what? About your eating,
0: drinking when I have on glasses and a mask. Take the glass. First of all, the glasses. The the mask fogs up the glasses.
1: I know what's thinking about right now. You're sipping your coffee. What are you gonna do? Take your mask off, take a sip, and put it back? I, I really wonder how that's gonna work. But maybe they think because people are six feet apart that people can take their masks off. Maybe, but then you have a waiter or waitress serving you that need to be very careful and. I don't know. I mean, this is going to be an interesting new landscape to see, you know, how how it's going to work.
0: And we're going to have to really go down the list and be like, who seats outside? Because I think it's going to start with outside seating.
1: Oh, really? Is that that's what
0: I, I think like outside, but like none of the plate, the Regency doesn't have no outside seating, nor are they able, that's not set up for that.
1: It, it's not, but I wonder, I mean, the whole thing about outside seating in New York City with restaurants is they need to get a permit for it. So yeah. when you think about like, um Logaloo, I think they have outdoor seating obviously nello's does par those there's ones up Madison I mean I'm just talking about the ones on the upper East side obviously
0: State um, Am- I mean, or- they all
1: have permits but I wonder if they can expedite permits for people to have seating outside like I mean the Regency is on a sidewalk just like nello's is and they just never bothered to get the um to get the permit for it but I wonder if they'll make exceptions or expedite things if that is how they're gonna start I I mean, it remains to be seen. And I feel like it's gonna be one of the best days of my life when restaurants reopen, even at partial capacity.
0: We're going the first day. We are going the first day.
1: Oh, I know I am.
0: I'll admit it. As important as it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate, <laughs> I we'll, we'll all be there. Now, how'd you decide to get into PR? Like, when did that start?
1: Well, and where did you funny. grow up? Uh, okay, I'm from LA. So I'm a California girl. Really? And, I don't think yeah, I knew that. Yeah. So I was born and raised in LA. And I came to New York to go to college at like 19. And got married, had babies, blah, blah, blah. And then later when my kids were, you know, pretty much grown, um, I was doing a reality show for Oxygen. And they had come to me and they said, well, promote anything you're doing on the show. And I, uh, my friends got together. So a friend of mine, um, oh my God, whose name I've just blinked on, he was the uh, director of Ford Models. Uh, God, I'm going to remember nice. it for a second um, so he came to me and he said why don't we open a PR company under your name we'll promote it on the show I partnered up with Bruce Lynn who was Peter Gation's publicist and the publicist for Studio 54 and Limelight in the Tunnel so I partnered up with him and two other people um, to start my, my PR firm partnered up with them for a few years so the deal was I was going to promote it on the show and they were going to do it but when I was on hiatus from filming I started going to the meetings and I'm like, God, this is so me. This is just, I mean, people have been telling me for 20 years I should go into PR because I'm very social and very outgoing personality. I'm a very good networker. So yeah, I partnered up with Bruce Lynn and um, for several years learned all the ropes, got all the media contacts, and then a few years later went out on my own. So I, I, I love it. I mean, I, it's like I couldn't imagine anything better for, for me.
0: All right, now slow down. This is what happens here behind the Velcro. People tell a story and they, I'm like, okay, wait, there's a lot that I have questions um, on. What the oh, fuck what? Oxygen Show? Hello?
1: Yeah, it was really bad.
0: <laughs> what What was the name it was so of
1: this? It was so bad. I actually hope that I can't even remember the name of it because I'm too embarrassed to tell you. It, Did it uh, air? It only- it did. It aired only a few episodes, and even I was horrified watching it. I tried to pull out in the middle of the filming. Um, that turned out to be very problematic. They didn't like that, so there no. was some legal issues going on, because I, I kind of figured out halfway through how bad it was going to be. So I did pull out. It did air. A few episodes aired. And then it I think the, after the third episode, <laughs> they didn't even air anymore. It was and not that.
0: What bad. was it the was show bad. about? I mean, we had Tori and Dean on Oxygen.
1: It was primarily about me and my life and then huh. um, we had a few other characters and it, it wasn't many years ago I mean this is like yeah. remember, maybe 15 years ago maybe last maybe ten years ago maybe it was ten years ago I, I can't remember but um yeah it was it was bad, bad, bad oh wow bad. I, yeah.
0: I I could have been on this show with you this is I do
1: totally correct but I was also on another show on the Esquire network called lucky bastards with. Prince Lorenzo Berghese.
0: Oh, that, that I think I remember awesome that show. show. That
1: was a great show. So
0: what was that about? I kind of remember this.
1: That was about a lot of bachelors in New York City. And I was uh I was at the time his publicist, so I was on the show as his publicist and doing his events because he has a charity called Animal Aid, where he rescues mm-hmm. dogs all over the country, and he's rescued. So many dogs. It's I mean, he's one of the most awesome people on the planet. So he and Georgina Bloomberg uh go around the country rescuing dogs. So I yeah, very impressed by that. And yeah, so it's on that show too. And then obviously I've done I've done multiple cameos on The Real Housewives of New York, as most people know.
0: <laughs> uh you have, you were on this season in episode one. We saw you at the party, the same party that Elise was at. And french fry girl and all my other little bffs Mm -hmm. um now well since you um well before we get into it do people always want to talk to you about your last name i mean it's one of these last names that like i used to know a raw child she's a horrible human being but Uh, and you're not but she wasn't part of any
1: let's be honest it's a very common name and i think no i think most people want to speak to me about my business, about the celebrities I represent, about the, you know, as you know, I do a lot of events, a lot. I mean, I do a lot of openings and I mean, you know, I did the opening with Cuba Gooding Jr. of Marvel downtown before, before that, that situation blew up. I mean, I do a lot of things with celebrities. So generally people are quite interested, you know, to talk to me about celebrities and my events.
0: Who's, like, one of the nicest celebrities that you've ever worked with, where you're just, like, or where you were shocked at how nice they were?
1: I mean, I have to say, Cuba is one of the nicest celebrities I've ever met, and I have worked with hundreds of them, Um, and the top A-list celebrities, you know, um, so I would say, honestly, he's one of those down-to-earth, nicest people I've ever met. And, yeah, it's very easy to work with, very, very accommodating, goes above board to do, you know, his job and more. His manager, Pete Tumbekas, is awesome. I mean, so nice. They're of the life. nicest people in the business, in my opinion. Yeah. What's the that. situation?
0: You don't have to, I mean, you could mention names, but you don't have to if you don't want to, where someone was just, like, so out of control. You're just like, that is just the most ridiculous request.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> God. Yes, I did have a client for many years that would request that I lie to the press about things that were very uncomfortable and I could, I can't lie to the press. I'm a publicist. I'm only as good as my credibility with the press, so I will never lie to the press. So when I have a client ask me that over and over again, it becomes very uncomfortable and then they get mad at you that you don't lie to the press for them. So yes, I've had very, very difficult celebrity clients to say the least.
0: Live to the press, I, like, I've had, I'm have had, i having an affair, so shh, quiet. Well,
1: yes, but I mean, I think what, what really happens is I, I do crisis management. So when I'm working with a client like that, often the reason they're in that situation is because they are their own worst enemy. So trying to control somebody that's such a wild card um, often doesn't work out that well.
0: <laughs> that makes sense.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, and then you ended up in New York back in the day, yeah. just decided to well, come I've been to New York. York
1: at 19. So I've been in New York between New York and London since I was 19. So I lived here, that I was in London five years. I was in Paris two years, Milan two years, and then back to New York, and then back to London three years, and then back here. The back. So I've been back and forth to Europe, but basically London. I've lived in London for half my life. So, and I moved back from London now about a year and a half ago. But so you love New York. I love New York, but I also love London. And I would probably ultimately love to end up there. I It's really? my favorite. Yeah, it's my p- favorite place to live. I think it's very civilized. It's very sophisticated cultured. People are very well-traveled. It's also a very great jumping-off point to travel from. So, mm. If you live in London, you're in the south of France for the weekend. It's an hour-and-a-half flight. Four hours, you're you know in the Middle East. Three hours, you can be in Morocco. I love Marrakech. So, you know, from, from London, you can go there for the weekend, you know, with a three-hour flight. And, True. Yeah, and you could go skiing in St. Moritz or Stodd or, you know, everything is a two-hour flight. Everything is a weekend trip from there, whereas from here, I mean, I love New York and I love the Hamptons, but I need a little bit more than that.
0: I don't think I want to, I really think when this is over, I need to live in like three different places. That's really my ideal for life. Yeah. I've decided. Uh, and yeah. I definitely never need to be home again after this. Ep- <laughs> like, you and me ep- both. I will we're never gonna go stay home.
1: We're going to go on a trip and we're never coming back. We're I, just gonna I'm, keep
0: You tell me where in the day that we're released, I'll be on the first plane. I'm, I'm, I'm like, okay with that. Like,
1: yeah, right. I really don't need cool. that much
0: advance notice.
1: We have a lot of time to wash our clothes, iron our clothes, pack our clothes, and have them ready. The day of, we are, like, on the door. It's, like, anywhere I go. Anywhere. Unfortunately, it's probably not going to work like that since we're going to do it, open the, you know, reopen the country in three different phases. So I think we'll be lucky To just even at this point, social distance with a mask on, which you know, makes me very happy right now, just to even see people with even with a mask. (laughs) And well,
0: none of my clothes fit anyway. So I mean, I am not going anywhere until I go buy new clothes first. Just
1: Oh, David, you're so thin. That's absurd.
0: I thought I was doing so good, eating pretty healthy, doing my 6 a.m. boot camp, which I started. I had to go to the yeah, well, it's been like seven. Yeah, it's I mean, online. Like I found something on Instagram. It's like, they do it like live three times a week, but you just press the live story and it's like it's live, even though it's not for you, unless you want to do it on their time. And I just pretend like it's live and I don't stop it and I go straight through. Wow. Yeah, it's, yeah. You know what it is? The first few days I did it, I was so sore and I'm like, holy shit. Cause I was like, this workout is nothing. Like I would never do this workout in the gym, but then I was sore just cause I think it was things I didn't normally do. But now I'm, like, on fucking autopilot, and I do it, and I'm like, this is stupid. I
1: mean, you've been very diligent about staying home. You've been really, really good. And that's great that at least you're getting some exercise, because, I mean... I find this whole thing very depressing, so I've been doing a lot of baking, (laughs) a lot of baking and cooking because I've got you know some of my adult children home, and I'm an awesome cook. So if I do say so myself, and I do enjoy cooking, I generally cook once a week because I'm I'm out many many nights a week and you know, order in or, you know, what I usually cook about once a week or, you know, whatever. Now I'm cooking about six to seven nights a week. So it's a lot of food that I wouldn't normally ever be making.
0: You seriously food. need to have us all over for a party when this is over. Your house is big enough so we can all social distance in your house.
1: David, the reason I got a massive house was specifically to have all my friends from New York come and visit for weekends. I've got a pool people, you know, to come on the weekends for the pool because it's 45 minutes from New York. And I wanted to, you know, I have a huge dining room. I wanted to do dinner parties. I mean, the whole reason for this house is for entertaining. So who knew it was going to come in so handy for a a quarantine?
0: Seriously, I'm like ready. I'm ready. Now, when did you fall in? You know, way back when there was no reality TV. When you moved here, there was no Real Housewives (laughs) of New York. Like when... I mean, I know the Upper East Side is but like, who, who was the first person that you met that the world knows from Well, New York? I would
1: say probably, um, uh, oh, God, my God, I just blanked on her name. Uh, <laughs> Sonia, Sonia and I have known each other since we were, like, 19, so we used to go to Santa Fe together and party our asses off, so I've known... Yeah, I've known Sonia since I was 19. I've known Dorinda since maybe we were like 25 because we both lived in London at the same time together. I met her through Mohammed Al-Fayed, who owned Harrods. So I used to fly there on the Concorde. So I flew to London uh, on the Concorde, got straight off the Concorde, went to this party that Mohammed Al-Fayed took me to, and it was Dorinda's party. So I met her at like 25. And, we and you guys just hit it off? Oh my God, I loved her. I loved her for so long. Like I know I- you're close I- with her. Yeah, we, we really clicked and we're still very close. And I'm um, named I mean, Luannes also since she, she used to be on this sh- since before she was on the show, because we have a lot of mutual friends when she was still married and her kids. Uh, our kids actually went to the same school, they went to Birchwathan on the Upper East Side. So, um, yeah, and Ramona I had met socially, but I was never great friends with her. And um, I don't think we ever will be great friends. But <laughs> does she remember your friends, name? But- Ramona does she remember
0: party. your name, or does she pretend that she doesn't know you? Oh,
1: my God. Are you kidding? Uh, Ramona hates my guts. So, I mean, this has been all over the press. This isn't like, uh, you know, we, we've had very public arguments at parties. So, I think she remembers my name. No, we know each other. We are just never, ever going to be friends. So It's,
0: it's all over the press, really? Like, if we yes. Google it, we're going to see this? Well,
1: yes, if you Google it, you will see the huge arguments that we've had in the Hamptons that have ended up in page six and her screaming at me, (laughs) those lovely things.
0: Was this like during the show?
1: No, it wasn't being filmed. It was just, we have, you know, all the housewives, I'm kind of in the mutual circle of all of them. And, you know, we're all in the Hamptons and Upper East Side. So we end up at a lot of the same parties.
0: You know what it is? I do so much preparation sometimes. And since I know you so well, I'm like, it's Anna. We could just chill. Okay, well now I mean I better get on my A game with my research over here. <laughs> so Ramona Singer has a meltdown <laughs> when she confronted publicist Anna Rothschild at a swanky Hamptons party and accused the PR pro of tattling about Singer and her ex-husband. What well, the hell did you tattle?
1: Uh because She thinks that I went to the press with the situation of her husband, Mario, cheating with a very good friend of mine, and he had been dating her for, I don't know, a year, year and a half behind Ramona's back, and it was a very, you know, tumultuous situation to say the least, um, so she blames she wanted to blame it on me. She said I broke up her marriage. I yeah. did not break up her marriage. Her husband broke up her marriage by cheating, which is highly unfortunate and I'm sure very, very hurtful. Um, so I I think that when people are very upset, they're looking for someone to blame. I am most definitely not to blame <laughs> that her husband cheated on her. I mean, and I mean they were married a long time and they have a child, so I can only imagine how, you know, how hurtful that's gotta be. So that I, I mean- didn't feel for her. He then since had moved out, they got divorced. He's been living with he actually lived with that girl for many years. They just broke up um only about a year ago. He then funny enough, karma has its way. He actually caught her cheating <laughs> and then oh broke my up God. with her. <laughs> I know, it's kind of yeah, I mean ironic.
0: Oh my God. Well, now I don't think this is going to help Ramona like you. I mean, I know don't think Ramona
1: is forever going to hate me. So, um, which is unfortunate. I mean, sure, she's a lovely person. I have a lot of friends that are very close with her and adore her. So um, obviously, we're never going to be close, but I'm sure she's a lovely human being.
0: It's fine. There's people in the housewives that are real housewives that absolutely hate me. And you know what? <laughs> That's okay. <laughs>
1: Well, how Isn't, that
0: possible I listen you know a lot of people hate me you want to hear what happened today really? Really? oh my god uh, some some anonymous troll reached out to one of my housewife friends uh, and dm them through like some pub like some fake account you know like two with two followers and said how long have you known david he's a social climber uh which i'm not I mean, uh, I could give you-
1: First of all, your business is to make contacts. So it's not yeah. social climbing. It's actually called working.
0: Yeah, oh, okay. a fucking business. And first of all, but could you imagine if you were really good friends with someone and you got some, like, okay, thank you for the tip. Let me go drop my really good friend now. And yeah, and then and then the person said, and he releases stuff to the press, um, but she's like, he's known exactly what happens all season on the Real Housewives of New York, like a major secret stuff, and he hasn't told a single person. So there's nothing being released to the press. But could you imagine if someone said like to you about one of your, you'd be like, oh, oh, thank you. L- let me go break. Well, people,
1: a- people accuse me of putting things in the press, horrible things in the press. That and actually the funny thing about it is that. I actually get paid by my clients to put things in the press about them. So people that think I'm putting horrible things in the press about people which aren't paying me, (laughs) it's completely untrue. So I get accused all the time of putting things in the press because I obviously have very close ties to the press being a publicist. So, But I think a lot of people aren't quite understanding that I'm not a journalist and that I'm a publicist. So my job is to be paid to promote my clients in the press, not as a journalist to just write nasty things about people. So, yeah, yeah, kind of you're not a journalist. Again, like you're not
0: the one writing it.
1: I'm not the one writing it. That's not my job. My job is being paid by my client to put things in about them. So,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I just still can't believe that if I just Googled you for one second, I would have seen all the because I have and everything that comes up is how Ramona and you basically got into it. And there's pictures of you seven years before at your Christmas party at valor.
1: Oh God, that was a long time ago. I feel like that yeah, that was one of my clients. so um I you know as, as you know I do a lot of events and I've done a lot of like big birthday parties, you know every year with like six hundred people that generally end up making the press and um, and various other things so.
0: oh my god so okay so that's that's you're not going to be friends with ramona Was sonia fun way back then even when you met her
1: god yes i mean we had blast i mean she she's still fine i mean sonia i don't think it's changed one bit i think sonia was she's so much fun 19 as she is right now and boy i think she even looks better now than she did back then i mean she really takes care of herself she's she's a she's definitely a fun girl as is also dorinda like i love dorinda
0: and you and been just hit it off and have been friends ever since
1: yeah you know it's funny we kind of lost contact for a few years and then we were at a lunch um on the Upper East Side with uh, a number of you know socialites and we then hit it off again and I'm just like oh my god I love you so much this is years ago way before she was on the show so yeah we've um yeah we've we really have a connection I think she's really cool
0: Sonia is absolutely, positively, drop-dead gorgeous. I I, I would agree with yeah. that. I think she's oh, just God. like, her skin. Yeah, and I had one of the funnest nights of my life out with her in Atlantic City. Like, she is, like, I recommend, if someone wants to go out and drink, I mean, we're fun too, I'd, I'd recommend us, but Sonia awesome. is a really good time.
1: We she really had is. a lot of drinking nights, to say the least. Yeah, but Sonia doesn't drink for weeks or months at a time, and she goes to spas, and she does cleanses, and, you know, she really, really takes care of herself. And, you know, she has a drinking night here and there, but who doesn't? But, I mean, she looks, ins- I mean, just drop-dead insane. Like, I I mean, I ran into her in the Hamptons unexpectedly, and I was just like, oh, my God, she looks so good. And, again, I've known her since we were, like, 19 to 20. So I'm impressed. That's all I can say.
0: And you know KKB, Miss Kelly Kaloran ben
1: I do know Kelly. I do know her. I think she's super sweet. I'm not really close with her. I met her when she was on the Housewives through, um, I can't remember who it was. I, I can't remember at that time. Because as you know, I've done a lot of cameos on the Housewives show over the years. I've done a, yes. done a lot of them. So I met her at one of the filmings. We became kind of friendly. She's friendly with a number of my friends. So I see her at a lot of parties. We have some chats. And I mean, she, she's very nice. Yeah. Sometimes we text uh, on, on social media. During <laughs> but Fashion I'm not, I'm not really close with her. Yeah. No, but, but I, I, like I
0: saw yeah. during Fashion Week that one show. Yeah. That I oh, yes.
1: Frederick Anderson's show. Yeah, Anderson. that was with Omar and Kelly and my friend Enrico Bruni, who works for Calvin Klein. Yeah.
0: I was supposed yeah. to go to that. And now I'm depressed I didn't because Miss KKB oh. was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I should have gone. But you know what? Fashion week gets really fucking exhausting sometimes.
1: I do know. <laughs> it is, it's something I dread twice a year September and February. It's just like, ah, I wish it never existed. But
0: I wonder what's going to happen this year with Fashion
1: Week. Oh, that's going to be very interesting. But I mean, I guess. I mean, so they're saying with this virus, things are going to die down, um, you know, during the summer and things will flare back up, you know, when the flu season comes, which is, I guess, fall, winter. So next uh, fashion week is September. Yeah, but that's very crowded in. So I really wonder, I mean, and it's packed. I mean, you are packed to the gills, front row, like touching shoulders. Yeah, I, I I do wonder how that's going to work.
0: What about some of our other favorites, like Aviva, Heather Thompson, Bethany? Do you know any of them? You don't have to know Uh, everyone, Anna.
1: I know Aviva because, you know, as you know, I've been, you know, dear friends with Harry Dubin for over 30 years. And Harry was married to her and has a child with her. Um, So I know her, you know, superficially through Harry. But I'm not, I'm not great friends with her.
0: Do you know what Harry told me? I mean, he said it on this podcast. It's for everyone can go back and listen. So apparently he brought this lovely child of his one night, which is not a big deal. He brought, Us. yeah, yeah he, he brought Harrison to the Regency. I guess it was oh, like... I
1: was there. I know what you're too to talk about. the and Dorinda, Dorinda
0: threw a shoe at him.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't think she threw a shoe at him. I, I was there. And um, she was upset that he brought his underage son, I think Harrison was like 17 at that time, into a bar. She thought that was really inappropriate. She did maybe raise her voice. She definitely did not throw her shoe. I think her. what happened, you know, it's so funny how things could be taken out of context. I think oh, what yeah. happened is that her feet really hurt. So she was sitting down and she had taken her shoes off and I think she had her shoes in her hand only because her feet hurt. That, <laughs> and then she, I guess you know, was talking to him about you know, how inappropriate it was for him to have his son there and she had her shoes in her hand. She definitely never threw her shoe at him. So, I think that was like completely misquoted, um, you know, wherever they printed that. So...
0: I think they printed it probably in page six.
1: Yeah. The same,
0: I, I the I, same place that was printed that Ramona screamed at you that you broke up her family and now we learn that Mario had an abortion, which I'm still... I'm still reading here. I'm still reading in my phone about you. Uh, okay,
1: yeah. See,
0: and people think I'm a social climber and a star fucker. I liked you before I knew any of this.
1: I know, well, um, I liked you too, but um, yeah, there's, yeah, I was there, That, that didn't happen. So I'll just set the record straight for Dorinda. I mean, it's gotta be really hard to be in the public eye and then a small thing happens and then it's completely twisted, you know, in the press. Totally. And, and you know what? I don't disagree with Zorinda, by the way. I don't think a 17-year-old should be at a bar. Even though his son is very grown up and all, like, you know, kids don't belong in bars. That's why He's tall.
0: That Harrison is tall. He's tall.
1: Yeah, he's tall. And he's very good-looking. He's very mature. But that still doesn't mean that an underage 17-year-old should be in a bar. <laughs> so, no. I mean, I get Harry loves him and wants to take him everywhere, but... And, you know, guys are a little bit different about this kind of stuff, but... And I love Harry, but I, sorry, in that instance, I agree uh, with Dorinda.
0: Well, you don't want Harry to miss a night at the Regency. Now, come on! Oh,
1: God forbid, God forbid that should happen. I mean, I could have imagined walking in there and not seeing Tom or Harry. I mean, people
0: ask me if Harry's there every. I'm like, he's pretty much there every night. Yeah, really. Every. Now. When did you, we're going to get to Tom in a second, because we got some things to talk about here. But when did you meet Harry? Like just back in the day also?
1: Oh my God. I mean, we were in our 20s. I mean, I want to say we were probably like 25 and oh we were just in the same social circles going to all the same parties and became friends. And I love his sister Robin and his parents. And yeah, I mean, we just, I, we just hit it off. I think he's really cool. I I do really adore him. There.
0: I love Robin. Harry, as I me, mean, everyone always asks me what he's like. He truly is a really nice person. I think he's much he's nicer little, than I am as like a person.
1: He's a little teddy bear. Yeah. He he's, is. Yeah, he is really sweet.
0: And he tries to help people out. Like when strangers come in, he's like, Oh, you need to meet David. He has like the he's the leading Bravo blogger. That's what he calls me. He's,
1: he's really good about that. He's very kind about like trying to give people a step up, which is good.
0: Yeah, like yeah. I, mean, I think more people should do that. You know what I'm saying?
1: I agree. Everyone should introduce everyone to David.
0: <laughs> and Anna, the best PR maven out there. See, that's just because you're in PR, and I kind of have a salesy personality, so we get it.
1: Yeah. We yeah. get
0: it. Um, And then Harry was always the same back then, hit on all the, especially blondes that moved.
1: Uh, yes. I mean, you know, he's he likes the ladies, for sure, as does Tom. You know, Tom and Harry, they're quite interesting that you know it's funny because they're not best friends and you know they're two of my best friends and a lot of similarities um they definitely both like the ladies a lot i I think that that, um yeah that's about all i can say on that situation
0: all right now let's talk about the big fish in the room
1: no let's um let's talk about okay by the way i'm the one let me just set the record straight i mean i'm I'm the one I'm the one that got uh, Tom and Luann together. I just want to set that straight. I brought Tom on Dorinda's boat years prior to this, uh, before, way before she was on the, um, the Housewives show. Okay. And, um, and then it was, by the way, funny enough, I never even thought about Tom and Luann together. So it actually was Dorinda's idea. But I'm the one that actually facilitated it. So I kept telling Luann, you should go out with him. You should go out with him. She's like, no, he's a player. I don't want to go out with him. I'm like no, he's awesome. And he is, he is a really, really good guy. I said, no, you really should go out. And so I kept pushing, pushing, pushing. So ultimately I really am the one responsible for getting them together. I'm not saying I'm responsible for them getting married, but I did push really hard for them to get together. Okay. Uh, so, yeah.
0: And let's then, take <laughs> it. Let's, this is like, this is like an oxygen reality show. Let's just, you know, let's just slow it down for a minute now. This is yeah. before Housewives existed. Yeah. Way back you know, in the this is, day.
1: Yeah. No, this was, you know, no, this was, this was during the Housewives when Tom married Luann.
0: Okay, so before Tom married Luann, jo- did Dorinda had a boat? Is that yeah, what it says?
1: Dorinda. Yes, yeah, Dorinda had a Hinkley, a really beautiful boat, and, and
0: where was this like?
1: This was my... in New York City. She used to keep it at one of these docks, and really go around, go around the city, and it was beautiful. It was really cool. Um,
0: And you were going on the boat and you said, I'm going to bring my friend Tom.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you
0: brought him on. Now, did you have any relation? Like, did you date Tom back in the day? Like, did you at this point you were friends? him? Tom and I
1: have always been best friends. We've, like, talked 20 times a day. We spend, like, you know, every minute together that we're (laughs) not doing other things. I mean, he has since moved to Palm Beach, so things are a bit different now. But, I mean, often, you know, when I go down to Palm Beach, like, for his His birthday's on New Year's Eve, so I go down and stay with him on New Year's Eve. And he usually does a party on a boat or some other really fun thing with 100 people or more or less or whatever. But, yeah. So, sorry. Did I lose my train of thought here?
0: Um, No. This is all... Okay. So, you... Okay, that's amazing. So, you knew Tom. No really romantic pasts.
1: Correct. Yeah. And you brought your... I helped him get together with Luann... Luann thinks that, um, yeah, I don't really know what Luanne thinks, actually. I won't speculate what other people think.
0: All right, so let's just go back. So there's, there's, <laughs> there's this, we're going to get into what Luann thinks and all this in a minute. So okay. there's this evening, and you are going on Dorinda's boat because you're friends with her, and you're like, let me bring my buddy Tom, and yeah. Tom's like, sure, I have nothing else to do tonight, why not? Yeah.
1: It was beautiful, and Tom also has a boat, so he's a big boating person. So Tom has always kept his boat either in the Hamptons or in Palm Beach. So he loves boats. So when, when Dorinda invited me in her boat, I'm like, oh, this is a great opportunity to, uh, to bring Tom since he loves boats. So, yeah, they got on really well. And John Medesian was there and some of his friends. So um, I think we'd all kind of met John before. I mean, I only met John when uh, Dorinda started dating him, but he knew a lot of my friends.
0: And so then they met that night and what? Like she said he's a player, but then what? They they exchanged no, no, numbers. No,
1: Dorinda, yeah, I think Dorinda met Tom that night and yeah. they, they just became friendly and I'm sure they exchanged numbers. It's normal. Like, well, like
0: Luann. Did Tom and Luann exchange numbers no, that then night? this
1: was later because this was this was about two years before Dorinda was on the Housewife show. So okay. the, Dorinda, she had never Gerinda had never met um Sonia yeah, or Luann or mm, I don't think she'd ever met any of the housewives before she was on the show um so at least not that I know maybe except she Ramona
0: she's never yeah. Ramona
1: oh yeah but, I think she knew Ramona. but that yeah. night
0: did Tom and Luann exchange numbers the night that you no, brought Tom into, oh. meet,
1: no 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 they didn't meet until two years later so I introduced I Tom on the boat he met Dorinda they became friendly I
0: think uh, uh, Luann to wasn't touch. even on the boat. I got Lu- it.
1: Luann was not on the boat. It got it. Years later when Dorinda just started the Housewives that she, I think she was in Nobu and Tom walked in with some other people and she got the great idea of like, oh my God, I should introduce him to Luann, which honestly, I mean, they're like two peas in a pod. I don't even know how I, I never thought of it because I used to see Luann every day in Sag Harbor. I'd stayed in a house across the water. So and we had all the same friends and so i used to see her a lot i don't know and she also had a boat by the way she has a really small boat so i, I don't know why i never thought of it because they're both very outgoing very social very athletic you know blah, blah blah i mean they really really have a lot in common and um i i should have thought of it but that's why after it was dorinda's idea i'm like oh my god this makes so much sense why didn't i think of this before so i worked behind the scenes to get them together And then I think I'm the one that, I so Dorinda only introduced them on the phone. She said, let me get Luanne on the phone and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then it obviously um, then turned out that, you know, that I was very good friends with them, too. So I pushed and pushed because I do think they were a good match.
0: And this is all from Tom just going into Nobu and Dorinda being like, come over to our table
1: yeah Yeah. but she was she was i mean i i she definitely was trying to do a good thing it's it's unfortunate that it didn't work out because um they are so much alike but they are maybe, maybe the problem was they were too much alike i don't know but yeah it's i i think that it all happened very fast so i was in bali all i know is that they had just met they had just gotten together I left to go to Bali. I was in Bali for like six months. So um three months in, Tom calls me. He goes, She's moving in with me. Now this is two months after she's moving in with me. Three months later, he's like, I've got a ring. I'm gonna ask her to marry me. I'm like, What? Are you kidding me? Like, this is before he told her. And I'm like, Oh my god, I can't believe this is all gonna happen and I'm not gonna even be in the country. And then he it's so funny. I was sitting in my villa in Bali, and I'm watching like E News or one of these channels that they have in Indonesia, and I watched him across that they got engaged. And I called him. I'm like, "How did you do this without telling me?" Because again, he he was my best friend, so I was a little upset that that happened without me. But I guess that, <laughs> those things happen. <laughs> He's, He's like, like "We're well. doing
0: it." So yeah. right. So he. This was a fast relationship, and then as we saw on the show. They were going to get married and then Bethany said to Luann, I need to talk to you. It's about, she said, please let it not be about Tom. Bethany's like, it's about Tom. He was kissing somebody at the Regency. Now this person he was kissing at the Regency, that wasn't you. Or that That, wasn't
1: No, no, no. That was not me. That was an ex-girlfriend of his that has dark hair. That wasn't Missy, no. But I'll just tell you. In Tom's defense, they had had a huge blowout fight, which many couples have, as we know. They had had a very big fight, and he had been drinking way, way too much. And we know, you know, you're drunk, you're angry, your ex-girlfriend walks in, you're like, ah, I'm going to get back to this person. It was a momentary kiss. I mean, it wasn't like he went home with her. And I mean, so I understand that Luann would forgive that. I mean, I think that's not the first time that's happened, but it's not like he had some long, ongoing affair with somebody. So, right. Um, yeah, that it was. It was just. Also, I mean, the girl obviously knows since it's all over the press that he's engaged and you know all that stuff. So why is the girl even doing it? How about a girl could also say, no, I'm not saying it's right on his part, but it was wrong on his part. He's the one who's engaged, and I think that was really, really hurtful to Luann. But I mean, I would agree. I it's that that happened to me, and I if we were in a huge fight. And the guy was very drunk, and he kissed only kissed the girl. Didn't go home with her. I could probably forgive it, but yeah, nobody's and getting ideas out there. But <laughs>
0: listen, it, but it's it goes back to like why the Regency. The Regency is the most public place, possibly. I'm not- <laughs>
1: I'm not really sure it was before
0: Tom Tom and Harry. Yeah, yeah. because it
1: really was just a very Upper East Side hangout. And it was like all of my friends that, you know, I've known for like 30 years. It's just all the people that live in the hood. So, you know, everybody's there. You walk in. It's kind of like cheers. Like, you know, everybody in there. We're all Upper East Siders that have known each other, you know, forever. So um, I think it became kind of, you know, well-known because Tom was there And that became on the show, and then Harry hangs out there, and, you know, I think that's been in the press. So, yeah, it wasn't like that before the Tom uh, being on the Housewives thing.
0: That's true, which is, like, we joke all the time. Like, they should give Tom and Harry whatever they want at the Regency, and they do.
1: Yeah. They do. Um, So, yeah. yeah. No, Um, uh I just wanted to talk a little bit about, um, let's talk about being single at the time of Corona. Okay.
0: But could we just put that off for three (laughs) seconds? No, because we, we have to talk about this because I mean, I'm single. So, okay. I promise we'll move on. Okay. So can I just say one thing? I mean, are you trying to, like, avoid the fact I that... I
1: do know, look, I do know what you're going to ask. Obviously, well, about Tom and I are getting engaged and that whole thing. Well, before um, we...
0: I mean, I'm just reading the Daily Mail that says, <laughs> exclusive, Tom D'Agostino and Anna Rothschild. Now, guys, we're talking to Anna Rothschild. Tom D'Agostino and Anna Rothschild celebrate at... Children, firehouse, hours after his divorce from Loanne de Lesseps. And here's a lovely picture of you. I know you can't see it through the computer. Oh, uh, I
1: can actually see it. Yeah, that's in London. So uh, so what happened is that he, obviously I say with Tom all the time, he stayed with me in London a lot. He was very, very upset. Now, remember, I'm his best friend. I'm trying to console him. He flew to London because you know, the divorce was just going to be final and he didn't want to be in the US for it. So we thought, he could get a little respite being in London. Obviously that we had paparazzi following us everywhere. I mean, they were everywhere. So, um, well, we also had that in the Hamptons too. And people definitely speculated that we were engaged. And um, I did have a very large ring on that was uh, much, much bigger than Luann's ring, 22 carats. So, so um, the, the,
0: that canary ring, which I saw in person at the Regency, <laughs> that is the ring that Tom gave you.
1: That is a ring that was a gift. That was not an engagement ring, it was a gift. And I could say one thing for sure, that I love Tom. I would love to marry Tom someday, but I don't think that's ever gonna happen.
0: And when you were in the Daily Mail, you said, I would love to marry him because he's such a great guy. Maybe one of the most amazing men I've ever met, but the timing isn't right for us at the moment.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And it says you and Luann travel in the same circles on the Upper East Side. Well, that's true, Mm -hmm.
1: don't we all? Yes,
0: and yes. all right, so basically Luann and Tom broke up. Then you guys were seen out. You have a ring. I saw it with my own eyes. I see another reason why I'm not a star. <laughs> I saw talk. it with my
1: own eyes. Well, I, I, know. Yeah. I
0: saw it the it, night we met awesome. at the Regency, see? And I like you for the right reason. So <laughs> there you go.
1: Yeah, I mean, the ring, you know, was a gift. It's not an engagement ring. It was a lovely gift. So I'll just leave it at that. So that's what Tom and I decided to leave it at. And you did
0: not break up Tom and Luann.
1: Oh, absolutely not. I I absolutely not. No. I mean, I loved them together and I want Tom to be happy. So, and I want Luann to be happy. And no, I would never, ever want them. I never wanted them to break up. And I was kind of surprised it happened so quickly. Um, And I do think they're both dating other people and have moved on since then quite a a bit. So, um, yeah. So Tom's now been with the same girl I think for like almost two years now
0: in West Palm Beach, and that's where he is. And I've I've only no, met he's, him. For
1: he's one. A, he's not in West Palm. He's in Palm Beach. He, oh,
0: excuse yeah. me, Palm. Yes, he West.
1: owns two places in Palm Beach.
0: Fine, he did <laughs> make it. Both very
1: both very close to Worth Avenue, so.
0: At least he made an appearance once at the Regency, and Harry, I have to thank for my picture with. Remember, I told you how excited I was for my picture with Tom and Harry, and you're like, no. I could have got you. You're like, I could have got you this fucking picture within within a minute. I'm like, well, what, you weren't you there. I was like, actually thank.
1: supposed to meet Tom at the Regency that night, but I think I was just too tired, and I'm just like, oh, I can't. I mean, you know, I just go there all the time, so I don't need to be there seven days a week. But Fine. usually, That's because why. Tom's not in town so much now, I mean, he still right. has his place. He still has his gorgeous, gorgeous penthouse in the Upper East Side. And there's a beautiful apartment. It's like my favorite apartment in New York. I also helped him decorate it. Um, but yeah, he he was in town, which he's not in town so much now. But I ended up not going that night.
0: Fine. Um, yeah. Now that you have entertained me, thank you very much for answering all my questions about you and Tom out in the town. We can now talk about what you've asked to talk about, dating and quarantine. Now, what makes you want to talk about that? that, Are are you rubbing my singleness in my face?
1: No, it's because I've been talking to you a lot on the phone, and you're at home alone, and I have so many other friends alone in New York City in their apartments. I also have a daughter who's 30 and single, and, you know, it's it's an interesting concept to think, like, what is dating going to be like in the time of corona? So. I've been reading up on it, and it's um, quite fascinating actually, about Tinder Bumble and and the other dating apps, what they're doing. Why? So now the, um, the, new, the new thing is video dating. So this is what I understand is that people now are you know texting and instead of meeting, they're you know having a FaceTime or a video chat. And then the guy is sending food to the girl and they eat together (laughs) over video chat. So that's the way of having dinner now or obviously having drinks over video chat. But I wonder what's going to happen then, you know, when we have this respite during the summer. But then people still are going to really have to social distance and have masks on and gloves and six feet apart. So how does that affect the landscape of dating for single people?
0: Well, it's very funny you mention all of this, because I have a friend who's single. She is, I went to high school with her, and she was, the other day we were chatting, um, on house party, we have to house party. If you haven't house party yet, yes. it's fine.
1: Yeah. Um.
0: So we're like keeping it. We're we're keeping it in with the kids. We, we're like we like know what's going on. Um. Although house party could be out. I don't fucking know. Um. But she was like, because she's single, and she's like, what the fuck are we gonna do when we get out? Like, are we just never gonna hook up again? And I'm like, huh. And then I started telling you this the other day. You know, like, am I never like, am I gonna have to fucking take a boyfriend, which I'm not opposed to, but can I ever? <laughs> like mama needs some eventually this uh, is yes, a I, that, that's the other it. thing
1: so like people are just dating virtually then how does that aspect work i mean uh, i think this is my opinion and this is also what i've been reading online that i mean life isn't going to be back to normal really 100 percent back to normal until about 2022 i think if there's a cure found that it could be in a year you know a little over a year from now. I think between now and then, it's going to be extraordinarily difficult for people um, to date. I mean, people don't want to be close to people physically. And also, where are you going to meet these people? Let's talk about that. I mean, you're not going to meet them at a bar because bars aren't going to be open. You're going to be six feet away from people at a restaurant not being able to talk, chat with them and wearing a mask and gloves, which is so weird. And So people are not going to have big parties. There's not going to be concerts. There's not going to be all these events going on that, you know, as New Yorkers, I mean, my God. I mean, we go to, you know, can go to three to five parties in one night and meet, oh, you know, t- tons of people. So I just wonder how this changes the landscape of dating. So I kind of think that it's going to be extraordinarily difficult for the next year for single people, I I think. What do you think, David?
0: Well, are you asking me because I'm a single girl? Yeah, I
1: want to know. I mean, you must have thought about it.
0: I mean, yeah, listen, I feel that, listen, I don't know where you fucking meet anyone anyway. I mean, I meet 8,000 people a day because of what I do out and about. I mean, I'm out, like, every fucking night, you know. Oh, but uh, first of all, those apps, I feel, suck even in the real world. Like, Tinder oh, and all that. Yeah, I, I've, yeah. like, I've deleted them all. They all suck. Um, I. That's a good question. I don't know. I do think you're right. People are going to social distance,
1: uh-huh. and
0: you're not going to meet them. And uh-huh. people I just think, like, to me, there's a heightened, like, awareness of like you're not going to want to really go home and hook up with someone as yeah i don't
1: yeah i was just saying that too i think this kind of makes the one night stay an obsolete for the next year
0: don't tell me a a year
1: a year is not an option i think it's going to be a year so i think that it'll be interesting to see how it morphs into it's the different things will morph about the dating. I mean, I just I don't think it's going to be conducive to having a serious relationship for anybody, because I think what's going to happen is people are going to virtually date and do their virtual happy hour, maybe meet in a park six feet apart. Because also, how do you date? You're not going to go to dinner because restaurant, probably most restaurants are going to be open. And the oh few that are going to be open, they're going to be at 30 to 50 percent capacity. How hard is it going to be to get a, to get a reservation there? I mean, think about that. I mean, New York City is a densely populated city with a lot of people that love to go out 24-7. So if you've got fewer restaurants, less capacity, getting a a restaurant reservation is going to be, like, you know, ridiculous. So where are people doing this? Are they going to – I mean, this is going to be dating. You're going to meet somebody in a park and sit six feet apart and then – and then it's just not conducive to having like a real relationship, in my opinion.
0: But okay, so two things. First of all, I'm friends with Anna Rothschild, so she can get me into any fucking restaurant that I personally want to go to, <laughs> because for a lot of reasons. So I, I don't need to worry about that. Thank you very much. But I, I was thinking the opposite. I was thinking like, people not going to be want to go home with everybody. Mm. Well, I mean, you still want to, but you might not. That. You <laughs> might actually give yeah i'm like a dirty old slut sometimes but you might want to like give people a chance now do you know what i'm saying like i think it might be more like old school like i feel like all of this like virtual dating now is like you're actually getting to know someone on the and on like i'm still speaking you know not me but, like, you could still be speaking to the same person now seven weeks into this, and mm-hmm. there's no sex. So, like, now you've had, like, seven, like, virtual dates with someone, and you're kind of like, oh, my God, I'm falling for this guy over Skype because, like, we're really getting to, like, talk. Now, well, I'm not doing I this.
1: Did, I yeah, tried to I did, do this,
0: yeah. and apparently nobody fucking wants to do this. So now that everyone is, can fuck yeah. off, and I'll just keep working.
1: But yeah. go on. But also what I was reading today was about, I think it was in the Huffington Post or uh, New York Times, because they, they've all done articles about it now, um, about how then people are going to meet in person and not have the chemistry so all this chatting and, and, you know, virtual drinks and this, that, and the other, how does that translate into the real, real world of, you know, people really functioning in the real world together? So they're saying about how that's going to be a big waste of time right. and then people are going to meet and then not really hit it off. So but like,
0: can't was- you see someone like when you're talking, like, stand up, lift up your shirt. Let me see what's there. Like. I mean, can't you tell if you have chemistry with someone virtually? I mean, I would think you could.
1: I don't know, because I think also going out on a date, you see how people interact with other people. Too. Yeah. How do, they, how do they act in the real world and just than just talking on a phone? I mean, I think there's so many different aspects of dating, and maybe just meeting someone virtually isn't, I don't know. I, I, I think that it's an unknown situation that's going to be interesting to see how, how the chips fall. I think it's fascinating. It's a new world.
0: It, listen, it is fascinating. I really, no, I mean, so you're right. I agree. Because, like, if you're talking to someone and it's great and then you're sitting there on a date, right. Like, now you're meeting someone in person. So when I'm sitting there and you're now 45 fucking minutes late, but you weren't sitting at home, yes. now this is yeah. a no starter. So it's, like, little right. things like that. Or, like, to your point, like, someone comes over to give us our drinks and you were just rude to the wait staff, Well, now I'm fucking yeah. turned off. So you're stops, right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, a lot of it's, you know, meeting people in person and seeing how they interact, you know, in real life is is a a very different ballgame, in my opinion. But yeah, um, yeah, I think, you know, you should Google it and read up on it. It's fascinating. Also, the new things that Tinder and Bumble and other dating sites are going to add video chatting and things to their, you know, because obviously they're trying to, you know, increase their revenue stream. So (laughs) they're thinking of all kinds of things to do right now, as is everybody. So.
0: Interesting. No, I mean, listen, I think it's, I was literally just talking about this the other day. I think it's very interesting. I thought the only thing that may be in someone's favor is that people are going to want to hone in on like, not as many people. So maybe just maybe New York will become like a smaller town, like in the smaller towns in the world where you don't have as many options, and everyone seems to get married there there because there's not as many options maybe we'll like new york and la and these bigger cities will kind of start to like like we, we don't give anyone a fucking chance here i think
1: what's going to happen is a lot of people are going to withdraw from dating i mean most of the people oh. i talked about they're just like i'm not even going to bother until things are back to normal so i think you also have those people that are actually way to t- let's figure you got 50 of people that are going to be way too scared to date Cause yeah. they don't want to get a virus and yeah. they want to be close to people. They don't know. And I mean, think about like in New York city, we're also very social and we've got, we have so many friends. I mean, I have so many friends. I don't even have, ever have time to see all of them. So then you've right. got that and then you want to introduce a new person um, that you don't know and the possibility of getting a virus and you don't know where this person's been or what, I mean, you're meeting some random person off the internet. You got that. You have that going on too. Uh, I don't know. I think you and I meet most of our people, you know, going out socially, being at the Regency, being yeah. at build you know, going to all the events that we go to. And that's all that stuff is also going to be kind of at a standstill. And I think the online dating situation oh. is definitely going to be a different landscape. So
0: I'm going to have to read up on this because I think you're right. Yeah, you're right. And like to the other, to your point, if you bring someone around, your friends are going to be like, uh, who the fuck is this and why are you bringing some fucking stranger? Like, correct.
1: Yes, correct.
0: I know That's you're right. staying home. I know you live in Greenwich. You're getting in your car like who the hell is this? Yeah. I don't know where they've been this week and why are they at our fucking dinner table? Get them the hell out of here. That's going to happen. I, mean,
1: I-, I really think that even once they start opening the country, people are going to be very cautious and massively social distancing. I mean, there are going to be no big events, and yeah, I think it changes. I think it changes everything, but it will be interesting to see what it morphs into. I'm, I, I'm quite interested.
0: Well, I will keep you posted on my dating life as. I- as we get out. And that's just more of a reason, Anna, why we should just go to the Regency every night. Because we know it's going to be me and you and Harry and Tom when he's in town and Robin. It's going to be all, in Cat. It's going to be all the regulars. So it's really, the Regency We love just,
1: Kat. Oh my God, Cat. We yes. love Kat. Yes. I can't wait for her to come back. Even she's like, I'm not coming back to New York anytime soon. So yeah, that's another thing. How many people are going to want to be in New York City? There's also oh, an article wow. that was written that it's a mass exodus from New York City too that a lot of people have just moved out permanently and they never want to move back i mean don't forget this is now the epicenter of the virus worldwide so a lot of people have left and are not going to come back so think about this real estate prices are going to (laughs) plummet so (laughs) i think so yeah yeah
0: i think so Oh my God. Listen, you have to come back on. The next time you come back on, you know what we're going to talk about, we don't even have to, the next time is going to be even better for you. We're not going to have to talk about Tom. We've already talked about it.
1: Yeah, maybe next time I come back on with Tom, maybe we can do that.
0: Uh, uh, would you like to do it like within an hour? I'm like, you like tell me. <laughs> you tell me.
1: Well, I would have to talk to him about it. So yeah. yeah. And, I and know. he may or may not say yes, who knows, but
0: Try yeah. to make that happen. We don't have to talk. We're not going to talk about anything. Bravo. It's fine. Just bring him on and we'll have some fun. Now, where can we find you online?
1: Uh, my website is arothschild, arothschildco.com. Gosh, where's my brain today? Yeah, at www.arothschildco.com. Um, you can send me an email if you're interested in some PR.
0: And on Instagram?
1: Instagram, I'm arothschildpr.
0: I love it. And
1: under my name, Anna Rothschild, I'm very easy to find.
0: You're very easy to find. You really are the best PR person that I know out there. And I'm not just saying that. Thanks. Like now you'll be doing my PR very soon because when we get out of here, we have a lot of things we need to accomplish. Yeah. Oh my God. That was amazing. (laughs) Anna, you will text me. We're going to be in together so you can text me. I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you for humoring me with all of my Tom questions. You're a good sport. Um, I never knew you got in a fight with Ramona, but thank you. You're amazing. Everyone that wants any PR, and I recommend PR for everyone, this is your girl. And text me later.
1: Thank you. Call you later. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope, because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear,